Good morning. So, um, we believe that God uh, wants to talk to us and has things to say to us, um, that he loves us and he likes us, and by his spirit, he wants to talk to us. So, can we take just a moment now, and we just silently ask the Lord to speak to you today what you need to hear? Father, be gracious to us and speak now, we ask, humbly and in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. So when Sandy and I were first married, the first couple of years, um, you know, we were building our own habits as well. And one of the habits that we started was uh, every night uh, before bed, um, I would read Winnie the Pooh stories to her. So we read through Winnie the Pooh more than a few times. Um, and uh, at, in the end of one of the stories in the house in Pooh Corner, you guys probably know this one, but it says that Piglet sidled up to Pooh from behind and said, Pooh, he whispered. Yes, Piglet. Nothing, said Piglet, taking Pooh's paw. I just wanted to be sure of you. Um, you know, it's probably the most, like, needle-pointed Winnie the Pooh saying in existence. But it's, it's wonderful how children's literature can oftentimes get to sort of those deep heart things in a very sweet and kind of tender, um, uh, not scary way. Um, truly kind of disarming. He just wanted to know that he was safe. He just wanted to be protected, and he just wanted to be peaceful. Um, the world is a wonderful place. Um, favorite band of mine from years ago have this great line. It says, the world is a wonderful place. If you don't mind laughing at your mistakes, if you don't mind feeling like you've lost your brakes, and if you don't mind a touch of hell every now and then. Um, this beautiful complementarity of truth that the world is wonderful and it's not. Um, but scripture is clear about one thing that I think we sometimes confuse, and it's this. In this wonderful and broken, fallen world uh, where there are things around us that can cause pain and hurt and suffering and sorrow so easily and so regularly, scripture is clear about this. You cannot trust God to protect you from bad things happening. Roll that one around in your mouth for just a sec. You cannot trust God to protect you from bad things happening. It's not that he doesn't ever protect you from bad things happening. I would argue he's probably protected you, and I know he's protected me more times than I could count. But you cannot trust him because he never promises that's what he will do. In this life, we are to expect struggle. We are to expect heartache. We are to expect an ever-present sense that this is not our truest home. We know that pain comes. We know that tragedy comes. We know that suffering comes. We know that it is nearly impossible to walk through this life without encountering all of those things rather acutely. But I think still deep down, there is a part of us that wants that to be wrong. That's why some of you may still kind of be rolling around in your mind, wait a second, we can't trust God to protect us. Is he right? Is that true? It is true. It is true. And we could go to a, any number of scripture passages, but what I'd like to look at this morning is Psalm 124. It's one of the Psalms of Ascents. It was woven into the heart of the Israelite people. It was woven into their hearts and their understanding of the world. 
Um, it was a song that they would sing together on their way up to Jerusalem three times a year to go celebrate the three great feasts. It was a part of who they were, how they viewed the world, and how they viewed God. So Psalm 124, had it not been the Lord who was for us, let Israel say, had it not been the Lord who was for us, when people rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us alive. When their anger was kindled against us, then the waters would have flooded over us, the streams would have swept over our souls, then the raging waters would have swept over our souls. Blessed be the Lord, who has not given us to be torn by their teeth. Our souls have escaped like a bird from the trapper's snare. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. The Lord is for us. The Lord is for us. Blessed be the name of the Lord, because our help is in the name of the Lord. Now, these are not words of a people who didn't know struggle. These are not words of people who had an easy life and who have not suffered. These are people who know this, that when people rose up against this, then they would have swallowed us alive. They have faced things that were so powerful and so overwhelming that if God himself had not delivered them, they would have been swallowed alive, feeble before the people who were coming against them. When the other's anger was kindled against them, then the waters would have flooded over us, the stream would have swept over our souls, Raging waters would have swept over our souls. They see themselves and they sing about themselves like a child standing in the middle of a river that's about to get flooded. They have no way of standing on their own. Yet they know that the Lord has been gracious and has delivered them. Blessed be the Lord. He's not given us to be torn by their teeth. Our souls have escaped like a bird from the trapper's snare. The snare is broken and we have escaped. When we sit in the middle of trial, that's the thing that we, we have immediately in our mind, right? When something hard hits, pa. But the Israelites say, when that hit, we were like birds that were in a snare. And then when we were there and we thought there was no hope, when we thought that all was lost, the Lord acted. And the Lord set us free from the snare and we flew and our souls were free. He protected us. This is the picture in scripture. The picture that struggle and trial comes, but that the Lord is for us and our help is in the name of the Lord. It's all over the place. It's all through the Psalms. It's in Isaiah. It's the New Testament. Psalm 46 is one that I think we, we hear somewhat regularly, right? That God is our ever-present help in trouble. Scripture says he's our refuge and our strength, therefore we will not fear. And then Psalm 46 gives us this crazy picture of what the world is like. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and mountains quake with their surging, it's a picture. It's a picture of what the world is actually like. And praise God that the psalmists are like this. They don't try to paint a world that is not real. They get to the heart of it and they say, when you live in this world, the world can be like the earth giving way, mountains falling into the sea, waters roaring and foaming, mountains quaking with their surging. Chaos happens, violence is real, evil and tragedy surround us. But then this, this psalm ends as well. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. They give us an honest hope that life is hard, but that the Lord Almighty is with us and that he is our hope. Okay, so there's your Old Testament setup, right? That life is hard and we don't want to pretend that it's not but the Lord is with us. 
and that was the hope of Israel and the experience of Israel. But what does that hope, what does that with us look like in flesh? Because Jesus is the with us personified. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. He tabernacled in our midst. And what we find in Scripture is that Jesus, God with us, the one who was the help and the refuge in the Old Testament, he comes in and he joins into our suffering. God did not protect God from bad things. He entered into our sinful world that he might conquer sin, that he might conquer death, and then he might conquer all of the like crazy vines and fruits that come out of sin and death. He knew what it was to be chastised. He knew what it was to be persecuted, to be mocked, betrayed, deserted. He knew what it was to be killed. He is the one who enters into our suffering. But then if you go back and you look at, at how Jesus functioned in his ministry, it's really wonderful and it's, 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 it's really beautiful. Um, when he encounters these things that cause us to fear, how he interacts with them. When he bumps into Peter's mother who has a fever, he touches her hand and the fever leaves her. When they're on the sea and it's stormy, he, got, he gets up, he rebukes the wind and the raging waters and the storm subsides. When there's a woman who's caught in adultery, he says, then neither do I condemn you. Go now and leave your life of sin. When the soldiers and the officials come to arrest Jesus, he says, who is it that you want? And they say, Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, I am he. And when Jesus said, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. And then when his friend Lazarus dies, Jesus says, Lazarus, come out. Sickness, storm, shame, worldly power, and death. He says, I am your refuge. I've been and seen and experienced all of these things, and I know what you need in the midst of it. I've conquered all of them, all of the things that you fear, and I am the one that is with you. And here's why this matters, because we are disciples and we are pilgrims, which means that we have a master who is Jesus, and we are following our master in a world that is not our home. And we will struggle and suffer in small ways and in large ways. And we have to know that God is for us and we have to know that he is with us. God with us. That is how we are able to face the struggles and the trials and the temptations that we will encounter. All right. Um, it feels like that in kind of a... That should sort of almost be the, the end of the, the hope, right? Your hope is that Jesus is with us, that Jesus is in you by the power of the Holy Spirit, that he's conquered sin, he's conquered death, that he's dealt with all of these things, that he knows what we need in the midst of them. But I think, perhaps, um, I think that maybe a lot of you don't believe me. And I think that a lot of you don't believe me because you don't experience God being with you. I don't think that's uncommon. And I think it's hard if you say, okay, look at the suffering of the world. 
and you say, you're going to encounter that suffering, but when you encounter that suffering, God is going to be with you. And when God is with you, he's going to be enough. And you can put all those pieces together and they make sense and you go, okay, it all adds up. One plus one plus one is three. That's perfect. But then you go, but it doesn't matter because I don't know that God is with me. Because we're singing those songs and I don't feel it. Or I see the people around me who are doing Bible studies and are so excited to be in God's word and I don't want to be. I don't have the experience of God that I see everybody else having. So does that work for me too? In Psalm 34, Old Testament, again, the psalmists get so real and they hit right where we are at the very center of our hearts. And the psalmist says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. It's this wonderfully prescriptive thing and we should sit in that and figure out what is he talking about. The psalmist is telling us that if you want to see that the Lord is good, you have to taste of the Lord. So let me give you an illustration. Uh, public House down in Chattanooga has peanut butter pie. Um, it is uh, $8.50 a slice, I think, and it's worth every penny. And I can put it in front of you and I can say it's the best peanut butter pie that I, that, that's ever been made. And you can go, I believe you, I hear you. And I can say, no, it really is the best peanut butter pie that's ever been made. You go, I hear you. I even believe you. But until you actually take your fork and you take a bite of that peanut butter pie, now you know. You've tasted and you've seen, right? It's like great music. You, you hear that a band is amazing. You hear that this album's incredible. Um, you believe the people that say it. But until you actually put it on and hit play and you sit in it, you can't know taste and see. Now remember, this is Old Testament, before the people of God were indwelt by the Holy Spirit, okay? Taste and see that the Lord is good. You have to actually taste in order to see. You have to actually step in in order that you will see. New Testament, Spirit of God is now indwelling us, and James says, if you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. Friends, you can take God at his word and you can test him at every single turn. If what I described about you, or if what I was describing is you, and you don't feel it, you don't experience God, I would say you need to taste and see that he is good. I'd say that you need to draw near to him because he promises that he will draw near to you. These are the promises of the living God. This is the hope that we have as Christians. The type of life that's being discussed here is not an out there possible thing that sits as, as dogmatic teaching. This is how we can actually live our lives. Taste and see, and you will find that the Lord is good. Draw near to him, he will draw near to you. If you need to know how to do that, ask. Come talk to me, talk to Stephanie, talk to anyone on campus that you see who has a vibrant relationship with Jesus. Ask questions, but know that this is a true and sure hope. I mean, in a, in a kind of circling all the way back around, you know, Pooh sidles up to Piglet, or Piglet sidles up to Pooh, 
And he says, poo. He says, yes, piglet. He says, oh, nothing. And he says, and he reached up and took its paw. Right? You have to make that reach. Right? Because when you do that, as Joe Novenson says, when you reach up and grab, he goes, Stephanie talked about it in her talk. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and abide with me. Come to me. Come. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Our gracious God and King, thank you, Lord, that we have true hope. Thank you, Lord, that you are with us when we struggle, when the struggles are small and when they are large, when we can handle them and when they're overwhelming, that you are with us, you know what we need, and that you carry us because you love us. Father, help us to draw near to you, that you might draw near to us, that we might know you, and that these things that are talked about in Scripture, you as our refuge and our hope in whose name we find strength, that those words might be true in our lives. Father, we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.